Hey, welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail. And your co-host, Todd Reedy. And today we are having a conversation about energy and passion. And I think that the, well, at least when I was growing up, everyone told me to follow my passion. And I think that's still you know, what people say to this day, you know, what are you passionate about? That's what you should do for your job, for your work. And I actually don't agree with that. (laughs) I don't think that that's good advice at all. Lots of people are multi-passionate and sometimes the jobs that involve your passion, like for me, I was very passionate about animals growing up and I was a math and science nerd. I was very smart. So becoming a veterinarian made sense for me if you consider following your passion like the way to live your life. And I would like to counter that by saying that you should really be following your energy. And I actually went to a business conference, I think it was in 2017 or maybe even the middle of 2018. And that's when I first learned about following your energy instead of pursuing your passion when it comes to your life and your job and business and everything, essentially. So. When I started monitoring my energy, I realized as a veterinarian that my energy was just being drained out of me. And I was constantly recovering from work, dreading going to work. And I think that when people say their jobs are soul sucking, that really what's happening is like a combination of their jobs draining the energy out of them and kind of going against their values, which is a whole nother, whole nother topic. <laughs> But so we're going to focus on energy today because when I started following my energy, things just became so much clearer for me. I realized, because at this time I was also pursuing photography kind of on the weekends, and I realized on those weekends that I was jumping out of bed in the morning. I was so excited to go in the mountains and shoot some weddings or elopements. I was pumped to deliver sneak peek images to my brides and grooms and whoever I was working with. I was editing. I was just so excited and happy. And then to notice how jazzed and pumped I was on the weekends. And then when I was working my vet job, noticing how drained I was, it became very obvious that I needed to quit my veterinary medicine job. It became painfully obvious. And that became even more obvious When I dropped down to part-time as a veterinarian, I was picking up relief shifts just kind of here and there, and I'd have like a few a week, and then I'd go do my photography thing. And I was on this crazy roller coaster where one week I would be so happy and optimistic and shooting photos and being with people on the best day of their lives. And again, like I just felt amazing during those times, just jazzed energetic, all those things. And then I'd have to switch into vet mode (laughs) and I'd immediately become depressed and anxious and dreading it. And I really noticed 
how stark the difference was when I dropped down to part-time. And I just could not, like my brain couldn't function with how drastically different that roller coaster ride of energy was. So I had to, I had to get out. And now I teach all of my coaching students, whether they are elopement photographers or becoming coaches themselves or quitting their jobs, I teach them to start monitoring their energy. And Todd even did this exercise. Will you talk about your experience with monitoring your energy? Yeah, this was, I think, well before you and I had met. I had was in a certain position and for years I've gone back and forth about doing these daily journals that everyone recommends and I'll do it for a few weeks or a couple months and then I fall off pretty hard. But one of the exercises that I had learned about was, yeah, monitoring kind of the good things and the bad things on any given day. So what was like what boosted my energy and then what were the things that drained me? So on any given day, it could be anything work-related, but I started tallying these up, right? And so over a course of like several weeks, I was able to then kind of aggregate the data and see what the trends were. And sure enough, there were certain things that every day or every day that I had to do it, it was in the energy draining column. And I was doing way more of that than the things that were the energy boosting things. Those would be like one-offs or once maybe every week. And so switching gears and trying to find a way to do more of the stuff that I enjoyed and gave me energy versus just kind of getting through all the shitty stuff that was draining me. And so I think on any given day, I didn't really notice, but it was once I aggregated that data to say, oh, this is really a trend that is affecting my mood overall because it's every day or week after week. So I think monitoring these things is the only way to learn and to make drastic or significant changes. Yeah. So what things did you find were draining your energy? So this is back when I kind of worked my way into a like project manager role. And so it was meeting with basically the people that were giving us funding of how we were doing with our funding, why we were overspent and why we were behind budget. And it was the same stuff over and over again. Answers weren't changing. And even though we were making more progress, it just had all these lingering effects of being over budget that basically bled into every month that was going to basically persist forever because we had mismanaged it so badly at the very beginning, right? So financial and scheduling meetings that were just redundant and not making any progress. Yeah. So your your whole job essentially (laughs) Uh, was draining your energy. The bulk of it, yeah. What gave you energy? So at the time... I like really love to like dig into the data. I think this is just like my analytical brain Mm -hmm. and the spreadsheet nerd in me that basically just wanted to dig into the data and like make conclusions and like make decisions based on that data. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that led into those meetings, but yeah, being like the middleman to like share the bad news was kind of awful for me. So being more the analytical mind and like the nerd, I wanted to just crunch numbers. So that's what I tried to pursue when I switched roles because I wanted to be an engineer. I thought that that was my calling and my skill set. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same for me when I was a vet. Like if a dog came in and he had been hit by a car and I had to manage their blood pressure and, and give them some fluid boluses and pain meds and assess, you know, if any bones were broken and make them more comfortable and then present like a plan to the owners, like, 
Sometimes I would be like, yeah, I helped this dog, woohoo, you know, but then talking to the owners and presenting pricing and charting so that if I get sued, everything is written down, that I did everything appropriately and like just all the other crap that came with it just drained me. So yeah, those little blips of energy every once and again aren't enough if everything else is draining you. And everybody's unique with what drains their energy or what gives them energy. I mean, for me, even just day-to-day things like grocery shopping or just shopping in general, I hate. It drains my energy. Whereas when I talk to my mom or one of my cousins, they're like, oh, we love going to the grocery store. And I'm like, how? (laughs) But everybody's unique. And I even use... In my business, as I've grown my photography business and my coaching business, I rely on my energy to tell me what to pursue or what to outsource or what to not pursue. And and it's changed over time. So at first, I really photographed weddings and I loved those. Over time, they started draining my energy and I started loving elopements more. So I started shooting elopements. And for the folks that don't know what elopements are, because most people don't. It's when like a couple just goes out to a national park or someplace, some really beautiful landscape to get married. And those gave me so much life. But editing after a while started draining me. So I outsourced it to an editor that loves editing photos, you know, and really like the things that drain my energy, I shouldn't be doing. I'm not going to do my best job at them. I should be outsourcing them to somebody who does a great job. And then even... Before I got into coaching, the way I found out that it was something I should pursue is because I mentored some photographers in 2020, a whole bunch of them. And after every phone call, I was just so pumped and jazzed and energized. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember that we'd like get together and you'd just be so excited about like, you know, the conversation you had and the struggles that people had that you could basically point them in the right direction or give Mm -hmm. them quick fixes or long-term fixes. So yeah, your energy, like it was contagious yeah. about how excited you were after you got done with those. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, oh God, I have to pursue this because like what has given me this amount of energy in a while, like nothing really. So that's how I knew I had to get into education and coaching on like a one-on-one basis or, you know, personalized, not just some kind of online course or something. So yeah, energy is freaking powerful and it dictates everything I do in my business. Anything that drains my energy, I get rid of to somebody else. And poor Todd here, (laughs) I'm so thankful. He's a spreadsheet nerd because I am not. I'm way more big picture and Todd's more details. And so he's taken over a lot of my, you know, like optimizing certain values or metrics in my businesses and doing a lot of the detail work that was falling through the cracks because it wasn't something that I enjoyed, essentially, it was something that drained me. So he took over those things for me. And thank goodness we have different strengths. Yeah. And (laughs) I was kind of the opposite. I would like get on any given day, I'd get so like swept up and like bottled down and like all of the in the weeds and like the details, which Mm -hmm. is what I like to do. And then I would kind of neglect doing big stuff Mm -hmm. on my business. So yeah, finding kind of that dynamic of what works, what doesn't, and then finding the team members or people that can help to fill in those gaps that necessarily need to be done, whether that's in a business or in your personal life, like, you know, yeah, shopping. Yeah, <laughs> like <sense>. shopping. <laughs> yeah, and like traveling gives me so much energy. Like I'm always so, like getting home from traveling is energizing to me. Working out is too. I mean, I sometimes I like, you know me, you'll be like, let's go to the gym. And I'm like, meh. <laughs> 
<laughs> but then afterwards, I'm all pumped up and I've had all this mental clarity and everything that I do is dictated by my energy. So where where does passion exist in all of this? I think passion may be, I mean, if you can find a career or some, you know, your personal life that you can get both that you're passionate about and that gives you energy, man, you hit a slam dunk, right? Mm-hmm. Made a slam dunk, hit a home run. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that may be rare. Maybe not. I mean, maybe we're anomalies that our passion and energies are different. So it may be a thing that, I don't know, do you focus more your energy for kind of how you into your career and like save your passions for your personal life? I mean, I feel like they overlap a little bit. I mean, I certainly think if you're passionate about something and it just drains your energy like crazy, and it's not like the animals were, like, I'm passionate about animals. It wasn't the animals that were draining my energy. It was the work schedule or the way the hospital was set up or the lack of support staff and bad equipment or something like that and and the redundancy of the records that we had to write. You know, those are the things that drained my energy. If I could just sit and play with some puppies, like, work would have been awesome. <laughs> so I'm still passionate about animals. And and you know this about me, like I'm really starting, I'm trying to get back to that, but just in a way that aligns with me more. Like I want to, you know, the past few years we've been traveling more than 50% of the year. And I, I want to still travel a lot. Like that's really important to me, but travel a little bit less so that we can be home more and maybe foster some puppies or you know, like a mama dog or an animal that needs to rehab after being hit by a car or something like that. Like I want to get back to helping animals, but in a way that, yeah, I'm not dreading, I'm enjoying. And that's what following my energy and being able to like make money, a lot of money is allowing me to do is to get back to those passions. So I think there's a way to balance it because I, you know, there's teachers, there are social workers, there's people out there who their passion is to help other people. And they might be helping other people, but they're also not making enough money and the work schedule sucks and they have too many kids or too many cases, you know, so it's not that their heart is in the wrong place. It's like the systems that we're in is what drains us. And I wish I could start a revolution where these systems are changed so that people can flourish in these positions. But that's just not that's not the reality that we're living in right now, unfortunately. So as you're saying all those things, it made me recall back to my days when I was just finishing grad school. I had one of my very good buddies. We were both graduating and so we were both looking for jobs. And so I remember having the conversation of, you know, like finding the perfect job or what if it's not the perfect job? And I remember the idea of maybe if it's not the perfect job, but it'll do maybe that'll do, be just fine. And I can make, I can be happy enough with my evening activities or my weekends. And at the time, I totally believed that, that your job was like very independent of your work or of your personal life. And I think at this point with working from home and just how dynamic the world is, that it's very, very difficult or impossible to separate those two lives. And so, like you were saying, you may have a really good day outside of your vet job or with your photography, but then just the thought of having to go back to work was just agonizing, right? So you're on this roller coaster of crazy ups, crazy downs, mm-hmm. and that is totally not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So I think finding a balance there and like finding some enjoyment and some energy in your work is 
huge for making just your overall life fulfilling and happy. Yeah. And that just brought up the concept because a lot of my, well, my coaching students, both photographers and coaches, I, I asked them like, are you the best version of yourself right now? And like, have you ever been the best version of yourself? I don't think you can be if you are working a job that is draining your energy. It's just impossible because yeah, you're recovering. You're not working out. You're not eating well. You're buying things out of convenience. You don't feel good about life. You don't feel optimistic. I just don't feel like you can be the best version of yourself unless like you got, you have to quit that job. You just do, (laughs) you know, you cannot be working a soul sucking job and be the best version of yourself. And like, what if that's the most important thing we have to do in this life is to become that person. But then like our work environments and our bosses and our managers and the systems in place are dragging us the fuck down. (laughs) So yeah, I know everybody who is listening to this, who is working a job is probably like, oh my God, my energy is being drained. What do I do? And what we want to talk about in the next episode is can anyone be a business owner? (laughs) Are there really people who have to remain employees and cannot be entrepreneurs? I've been wanting to kind of debate. Oh, it's going to be kind of like a debate. I think what we're going to do is I'm going to take one stance and Todd's going to take another and we're going to debate back and forth. What do you think? Bring it on. (laughs) Even though that may not be the position that we truly feel, I think just coming at it with building those arguments, I think it will be a good thing because if we just agree with each other, then that's no fun and not mm-hmm. very entertaining. Yeah. And I, I, it's shades of gray, just like everything is, but I think that'll be a really, really interesting conversation for our next episode. If you enjoyed the podcast this week, then I'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at stoked with Megan McPhail, tell a friend, subscribe, leave a review. And next week we'll be talking about if it's possible for anyone and everyone to become an entrepreneur. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.